This is the pen and the yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel from Anshayamit Synagogue in Chicago sits down with author Jonathan Eig and talks about ashes to ashes, dust to dust, recycling to recycling. Are you good about recycling? Yeah, tell, I, tell the no, truth. No, I'm tell not. I'm not. And I'm really depressed about it because I'm... <laughs> well, thanks I'm for not, sharing. Not, right? I'm not depressed about my conduct. I'm depressed about the whole world. For the last couple of decades, we've been just shipping our, our junk to China and they've been taking care of it for us and sorting it out and putting it into their landfills and we haven't had to pay attention to it. Now China doesn't want it anymore. So I know that my recycling stuff isn't even making it to China. It's just going in with the rest of the garbage. And I just don't see the point in bothering anymore. I'm still doing it, but I've, I've lost that loving feeling. I, I think about that too. I mean, is this just an exercise to make me feel good? What really has no benefit I besides... That's, that's pretty much what we're doing right now. It's, it's just about our egos, about our pride, feeling a little bit better about ourselves as we destroy the earth. As we destroy it, right. And I think all of us are guilty of this in some way. You know, the Torah has an interesting way of looking at waste. So we're in the, we're in the book of Leviticus. We're reading the portion of Tzav. And the book is about sacrifices and the whole ritual of temple worship. One question that the Torah addresses is, okay, well, if you're burning all of these sacrifices, what happens to the ashes, right? How do you clean them up? So in this very holy book, in this revelation of God, there's a whole section about the fact that the priest would get wear linen garments and every morning would go and clean up the, the ashes and how they would dispose of the ashes, that it mattered. It mattered. We don't just throw things away. We look at them and say, this was once of value to me. Now, what do I do? How do I honor it in a way? So while I don't think that that's going to speak to most people about their plastic milk carton. I do think that we could extend this conversation to how we deal with our remains mm. as human beings. I thought you were going to talk about hoarders and <laughs> come out and say there's a biblical uh, justification for that uh, for that show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think. No. That, all right, let's, no go, let's, go, let's go your way then with right, this conversation, yeah, well, you know. as usual. Uh, Judaism is very clear about about the preparation of the dead and placing people in a casket that doesn't have any metal fittings. It's all natural materials so that the person can be returned to the earth from whence we came in the time of Adam was formed from the dust of the earth. But Jewish law, in a sense, is probably not that environmentally conscious from on today's standards because we don't allow Jewish law does not allow for cremation. Whether Jews choose to do it or not is a separate matter, but from a Jewish legal perspective, it is not permitted to um, perform cremation. Yeah, so this goes back to the recycling issue. You know, we're, 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 it's, it's not good for the earth to take up all this space with cemeteries, chop down all these trees, and then to have to maintain all these fake lawns. And I guess there's a movement finding more environmentally friendly ways to dispose of people's remains, including buying up land, preserving that land, and making it a place you visit, but not burying anybody. Right, but the people that are being remembered were most likely cremated. That's right. Because that's from that perspective, that's the most environmentally beneficial way of disposing of human remains. Right. Well, listen, I, it's not as though I don't hear about Jewish people coming and wanting to be cremated. It's something we deal with as rabbis and in a congregational setting. And we 
find ways to care for the family. But what is the what does it say? And this is, I think, uh, there's another uh, alternative approach to this. Yes, you could argue that it is a great good to spare the earth from yet another cemetery. But what does it say about our understanding of the value of human life when after a lifetime, we simply reduce someone to ashes in what is really a very violent way of disposing of people and then just dump their remains? I think that one of the questions that we have today is what's the value of human life? And the way that we care for our bodies should also extend to the way we care for our dead. So I wonder how you think about that. Does that have any resonance? Does it matter to you? Do you think that that has um, any meaning? You know, to me, I don't see that big a distinction in terms of honoring the remains, in terms of honoring the body, between putting it in a box and sticking it in the ground and burning it. I don't feel a big, I don't get emotional about it. Like, I don't see that big a difference. Uh, I think if you, if you honor the person's life, that's more important than honoring their body. It's interesting. In our congregation, we have, like many congregations, we have a Hever Kedisha, a holy society of people who are called when someone dies and they go, women will care for women, men will care for men, and then they, they wash the body. But before they begin preparing the person for burial, they, there's a script and they speak to the deceased. Because according to Jewish law, we treat that person as though they are still there. They're still present in the body until burial. And we apologize for any indignities that the deceased will now suffer. In that moment, we are reminding ourselves that this body in front of us, the corpse, was once a human being. And I, I, I want to suggest to you, yes, you're 100% right. Carrying on someone's best attributes is a value. That is maybe the most important thing. But ritual is how you get there. That's, that's how, that would be my argument to you. I'd love to think, yeah, that's what, that's what everybody was going to think and that's what they're going to do. But you will go to a shiva and listen to what people are talking about. Are they talking about people's best values and, or are they telling some ridiculous story about the person? Oh, you know, love telling dirty jokes or she was always gossiping. Or How do we, and, and I find when I go to a shiva, I ask people to share memories before we say Kaddish, specifically so that we can kind of ferret out the best attributes of a person and carry them with us, right? That's yeah. important. I think that's, that's very important, but I don't know that it has anything to do with how you dispose of the body. Um, you know, if you bury them or uh, cremate them, you can have the same rituals. Maybe not the, ones, the same ones that are described for the burial in the Torah, but you can still have rituals. How do you honor the body? How do you honor the person? I want to also say that as much as I want to credit the people in California with taking a tree and caring for the tree in the memory of that person. So you want to go and you know, have this moment with a loved one. You don't go to their grave. You go to this you know, tree that now is dedicated to their memory. It's a very interesting creative idea. I just don't see it. I think people need a place. I think we have a geography of memory. I think there is something about going to the place that your grandfather's buried or grandmother's buried or your mother or a brother or a friend and having a moment with them. You know, I love yeah. the fact that people put benches in places like that. So I, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not on that bandwagon with you. I mean, I, understand, I get it. I understand it. 
But I think that this ritual of what you do with the ashes matters. How we dispose of things matters. And, the, and if we want value human beings, I think that this is a small but very effective way of doing it. It's not small, actually. It's a pretty big, uh, you know, it's a big commitment. And, and it's a big industry. And it's a big, it's, it's expensive. You know, there's a lot of complicating factors. I, you know, I totally see what you're saying. I think we could probably, I think that there are probably changes that we could make to the industry that would make it more financially feasible. I think it would be a real shame if somehow people simply said this is no longer of value. In a society where we are seeing the devaluation of people, of human beings, where anti-Semitism on the rise, racism is on the rise, right? The degradation of people, where nationalism is really overtaking us uh, across the globe. People are suffering. We don't want to take away anything that's going to kind of continue that process. Well, you're not, you're not totally winning me over on this one because I would much rather thumb through my grandmother's old cookbook than go sit by her grave. I'll make that same choice. But let me ask you this to take it back to our Torah portion. What do the rabbis say? Is there a reason for this particular form of burial is the, is the best way? I think Torah says it. From dust you were created and from dust to dust you return. This is how Adam was created. So that's the other piece of this is that Life is a gift. God created us. God is, there's a intelligent life form in the universe that has guided the evolution process, right? You know, whether Adam and Eve were the first two people or that there was a evolutionary process over millions of years, it's still God from the Jewish perspective. How do we honor the one who gave us that life? Do we just burn it up or do we treat it with love and respect and lay it back into the earth? That's the whole question. If I gave you something that I valued, something that was very valuable to me, I said, you're my friend and I want you to have this. And um, I said, you know, whatever happened to that? How is that? You know, I sold it on eBay. I, I, I sold it on <laughs> eBay or, you know, it broke and I just threw it away. It's your right to do. I gave it to you. You don't have to, you know, you own it. But I would feel badly about that. That would make, that would not make me happy. I imagine you would feel the same way. Course, right? If I, if I was using your book as a bookstop, even though you wrote a nice inscription, you know, it's my book. I can do what I want with it, but it wouldn't feel good. And I don't use your books as bookstop. Oh, thank you. We sell them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know how you saw that, but I think there's a lot to think about here, Jonathan. I think that how we engage with the world is important. How we engage with the remains matters. I think this is part of a longer conversation, but from a Jewish perspective, there is an approach to this question. We can argue with the tradition. And I think that argument is important. There's a basis for the argument. We're not just, well, you're, this is your opinion, this is my. No, there's a, the Judaism, our tradition, the Torah has an opinion on this. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's look deeper. And intellectually, I struggle with this, but the traditional part does have meaning for me. And I do put a lot of value in knowing that this is what we've done for centuries. Great. Well, this is a Shekhi on a moment, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs>